Welcome to Rockslot Ministries Frontline Servants Program, where we visit with men and women on the front lines of kingdom service. For more information about our free revival ministry, or to explore more of our audio and video recordings, visit our website at rocksolidministries.org. Again, that's rocksolidministries.org. My guest today is Ron Hockman. I guess we call you senior minister uh, yes. here at North Harden. Uh, North Harden Christian Church in is it Fort Knox? Are you actually in Fort Knox? Radcliffe. You're, you're, you're in Radcliffe because yeah, the director of the ministry kind of gives it as Fort Knox and Radcliffe, so I didn't know. So we're still in Radcliffe. Uh, Ron, I, I think we met about 15 years ago when you attended our first revival over at First Christian Church in Radcliffe, just a few miles from here. And um, we never held a meeting at North Harden, but you and your congregation have supported every revival we have had there, uh, whether it's us or Brother Greg. And uh, we just really appreciate that so much. I'm looking forward to getting to know you better. So, Brother Ron, tell us your story. Thank you very much for this opportunity. First of all, let me say thank you for your ministry, Tom, and the work that you do. And we thank appreciate you. it very much. I've enjoyed your sermons at the First Christian Church in Radcliffe. You've been a blessing to me. And I especially have enjoyed this week when we've talked about, you've talked about the priesthood. Thank you. And learned a lot from it. So I, first of all, appreciate that. I was born in Battletown, Kentucky. Battletown? Battletown. I guess I've ever it, heard of that. Well, it's a, a little town that got its name because two men fought all day over a woman. <laughs> oh, and my they goodness. Would, they would stop and rest, and they would fight again. So Nothing that, so grandiose as Civil War. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, it... Uh, and we lived not too far from where they fought. Uh, uh, it was a small town, had one uh, stoplight, uh, really stop sign, had three grocery stores, the Crawford store, the Hamilton store, and the Higgins store. Uh, but it was a, a good life down there growing up. What, can I ask, what part of Kentucky? Uh, well, it's near the Ohio River. Uh, oh, okay. And... and uh, if you if you went straight on the road that leads through Battletown, you you would run right into the Ohio River. Oh so, yeah, we used to go down to the Ohio River a lot in the summertime and swim and go out to to a little island called Blue River Island, and and we would swim out there and we would take our boats uh, as kids and we would ride the waves of uh, say the Avalon that came up. Uh, the river or uh, the Delta Queen that came up the river. It, oh. it was had a good life. Uh, had a Christian mom and dad yeah. brought up in the church. I've told our people and told people elsewhere, I was born in a church, I was reared in a church, and when I die, I'll be buried by the church. Yes, sir. Because uh, I had a great life. Mom and da dad were Christians. Dad was very active in a church. He was the treasurer of the church. And... Uh, he, he was so particular. I'd go down on Sundays uh, when my wife and I were married and just visit them uh, and say hello. And, but he'd be there at the table, and never forget it, working on the treasure books. And one time I remember he, he couldn't get it figured out. He was 10 cents off, and we <laughs> had to find that 10 cents. That's how dedicated to the Lord he was. Very 
very well taught in the Bible. And uh, from mom, I learned about helping people and assisting people and caring for people, no matter what condition of life they were, uh, whether they were uh, rich and as lawyers that would come to our home or whether they were poor as the poor people in our community, uh, she would always care for them no matter what. We had many meals, uh, lawyers from Louisville would come down and visit us and she would prepare meals for them. And wow. it, it was, uh, uh, when she passed away, there were people from all walks of life. And, and that's where I learned ministry to people, caring for people, loving people, no matter who they are. And, uh, and I, I've been able to reach people for Christ because of that caring attitude and, and dealing with people, no matter what station they are in life. The ch church isn't just what happens on Sunday, is it? That's right. It's a life. That's right. And, and I've learned to, to live that life uh, in, in Battletown. I was, went to a one-room schoolhouse for four years, and then they built a new school there, and uh, we moved over to the Battletown Elementary School. And then I went from El Battletown Elementary School to Meade County High School, graduated from there, and then went to the Louisville Bible College and uh, got my Bachelor of Arts Ministerial degree there and also my Master of Theology degree there. And uh, I can't say enough about the Little Bible College. In recent years, they've gone through some uh, turmoil, but they're, they're on track now. Seems that way. And I, yeah, I pray sure for does. them, and we support them as a church. Uh, even when they were having difficult times, the church continued its support of Louisville Bible College. I'll say about the church here, the North Harden Christian Church, 22% of our uh, income goes to missions. We support- Absolutely wonderful. Yeah. I agree with that wholeheartedly, we, we, yes. And we decided that when we started that uh, we were going to put missionary work first, no matter what mission, whether it's local mission or foreign mission, we were going to, uh, put it first, and then uh, and all the missions report back to us, and mm -hmm. we, we ask them to do that. Right. And they report to us the work that they're doing. But at Louisville Bible College, back to the college, uh, I learned a great deal from great professors. Frank Buck, who was the administrator of the college back then, was a great preacher, and I learned uh, about ministering from him as well. And Tom Omer, and Mr. Edsel, and a great man that was good in the Bible and knew the Bible, Tom Omer, and Kenny McCorkle, uh, great, great men of the Bible who, who knew the Bible, taught the Bible, and, and we need that today more than ever before. Oh, we do. We, we need preachers who preach the word and preach the truth. In, in my Bible, uh, in all the Bibles I've had, and I've, some of them wore out. Uh, I've always said, uh, send me anywhere, Lord, only go with me. Give me any responsibility, only strengthen me. And sever any tie except that which binds my life to thy will. And so... And you put that in all of your Bibles. In all my Bibles. You know, 
That is wonderful. I, I hope some of our uh, listeners, young ministers, will go back and, and, and just re-listen to that and maybe put that into their lives as well. I've tried to practice that uh, in all aspects of my ministry. Uh, I I used to hold a lot of revivals. One year I held eighteen revivals. Oh my goodness! Yeah, it's uh, and trying to do the church work locally and hold revivals. But I've had a great time in preaching and uh, teaching the gospel. You know, I I I truly believe that no book but the Bible. No creed but Christ, no name but that divinely given name Christian. Aye. No, no yes. way but His way, no church but His church, no home but heaven. Boy, you know you're rare <laughs> among men that that we find nowadays in ministry, and and uh, and I say that in, as a compliment that it is a uh, uh, it, it's wonderful to run across someone who has a strong commitment to the Bible. And certainly in, among our brotherhood, there are a lot of men with a strong commitment to the Bible. But then again, like is happening in the world, and, and I'll even say in denominational churches too, uh, a lot of people veered away from it. And, and I never thought I would see that among our churches, but in our travels, we have certainly seen that a lot. True. Right. And I attend revivals, and, and I wonder what the people are being taught, you know, how... They could be stronger, you know, and in, in some of the revivals, I, I had uh, experiences that uh, really blessed me. I, I uh, have met great men and women and great church work. I, I remember in one revival, they hadn't prepared really for that revival. So uh, I went home uh, and it was close and I went home. And back then, you had a, I don't know if you know, a ditto machine. It, mm -hmm. they, they, before the mimeograph machine and, and now a computer, but they had a, uh, you used duplicator, you right. duplicated. So anyway, uh, I, I made some leaf flyers to pass out, and I went down to the community and went door to door, introduced myself, and we had a great revival. First night, we didn't have many on it, but I started... Uh, and and we had a great revival. Another uh, experience I had in one revival, we went to this home. This lady asked us to come to her house and talk to her husband. And so went to this home, and uh, the man was very nice. Uh, we had a good conversation. And he asked me to go see his man room. So I said, okay. So preacher and I went into the man room, and he showed me uh, all of his trophies and what he, the work he'd done and some of his guns. And, and then he said, uh, uh, hey, you play pool? I said, well, I did when I was younger. I said, I hadn't played in a while. He said, well, you want to play a game? I said, yeah. Well, the preacher left. He went yeah. outside. <clears throat> so I played in game pool and, and shook his hand. And so the... Preacher, he, he wasn't a pool player. He, he didn't like the idea of me playing pool with that man. Uh, but the man came to church that night and came every night. Now, preacher might have been unhappy, but right. the lady of the house, she was real happy that her husband was in church. Sure. And in a, another revival, there was a man 
the, again, a lady asked me to talk to her husband, so I went uh, to his house, or to their house. He was outside working on a tractor, and uh, I walked up and introduced myself, and he kept on working on a tractor, and we talked a little bit, and I asked him, I said, won't you come to our services tonight? We'd love to have you. And he said, oh, I'm too busy here. I, I, I'm behind. I just can't get this starter on this tractor. Well, I knew a little bit of mechanic work, and I had done a lot with my dad, uh, who was a mechanic on, at Fort Knox over here on tanks. So uh, I, I went back to my car, took off my shirt, had a t-shirt on, and I went up there and I said, if I get this starter on this tractor, you come to church tonight? And he looked at me and he said, why might? And I said, well, let's get it on. So I got that starter on the tractor, <laughs> and he came that night and every night. So that, to me, is ministering to people, mm -hmm. sharing with people the gospel, like you talked about last night as a priest, you know, right. serving, uh, uh, consecrating our life to the Lord, uh, not only, you know, our, our hands and our feet, but our will, doing, doing his okay. service, becoming all things to all men. Another interesting story about my life is uh, one night about 2.30 in the morning, uh, uh, we received a call, and usually a call in a minister's home at that time was not good news. Right. So I got up and answered the phone, and uh, this voice said, hey, preacher, would you like to go to the Holy Lands? And I said, who is this? <laughs> and he said, uh, well, answer my question. Would you like to go to the Holy Lands? And I said, well, I'd like to go sometime, but can't afford it now. And he said, well, you don't have to pay for it. I'm going to pay for it. I said, uh, who is this? And he said, this is Dr. Lewis Aaron in Elizabethtown. He said, it's my desire to send a hundred preachers to the Holy Land before I pass away. Wow. So I said, sure, I'd like to go. So he said, well, he gave me the information who to contact in Louisville. And uh, I did that the next day. And I told my wife that night, she said, who was it? And I said, well, I'm going <laughs> to the Holy Land. <laughs> she said that. Uh, you're right. I said, no kidding. Dr. Lewis Aaron said he'd send me to the Holy Land. So, uh, we, now my wife, uh, we weren't planning for her to go, but a church member, Vine Grove Christian Church at that time, she said, uh, is your wife going with you? And I said, no, we can't afford it. And, uh, I thought about borrowing money. And she said, uh, well, I'll pay her way. My goodness. Yeah. So uh, she paid her way to the Holy Lands. Then I used to, here in the Radcliffe area, we have a lot of pawn shops. And I used to go to the pawn shops a lot and buy things at a cheaper price. And, right. And uh, got one of the men in the pawn shop into the church. And he said, uh, so I told him about going to the Holy Land. And he said, well, do you have luggage? And I said, well, not enough for my wife and I. He said, don't worry about it. I'll give you some luggage. He said, do you have a uh, something to record with? And I said, uh, no, not really. And he said, that's all right, I'll do that. He said, do you have a camera? I said, uh, not a good one. But he said, that's all right, I'll <laughs> give you a camera. So, and he said, now, 
you take all the slides you want, film you want, and I'll pay for it. I'll get it developed for you. So my goodness, that, yeah, it was a, and it was a wonderful experience. The man paid for it. A lady paid for my wife. You know, people contributed and helped, and and uh, it was a wonderful experience to talk about the Sea of Galilee and, and know that you were there. That talk about the storm and know that you were there and, and the wind came through those mountain areas and, and, and shook the boat when, you know, and to talk about the Mount of Olives and talk about the Calvary and, and see the area and walk the streets of Jerusalem and, and I walked the old walls of Jerusalem at night. So it was a wonderful experience going to the Holy Land. Wow. It, uh, Lord bless. You know, I think a lot of parents don't want their kids to be in ministry. They say, you'll be poor, you'll never get to do anything. And they don't realize how rich we are, even if we never do anything major, go anywhere major. They don't realize how rich we are in Christ because the lives we change and the experiences we have. But then there are these opportunities that do come along. Yeah. And it, it may not be the Holy Land, it may be something else, but that someone says, I, I want to do this for you. And you get to go somewhere that you never would have gone before. I, it's happened to me all during my ministry. I'm 77 years old and uh, really enjoy. I just can't give up working for the Lord, you know, yeah. in, in an active way to, as some say, retire like some do. I, you know, I just can't retire from the ministry and ministering to people. Uh, at like a Campbellsville Christian Church, uh, Southside, they were without a preacher, and uh, they called me, and I said, "Well, I, I have a church," and uh, they said, "Well, we need somebody to preach for us. Can you come down and preach for us?" And I said, uh, "Well, when when you want, I'm active on, at our church on Wednesday night and Sunday and Sunday night." And they said, well, can you come on a Thursday night uh, until we can find someone? I said, sure. So I traveled around 60 miles every Thursday night, rain, snow, sleet, uh, and, and preached for them. And I thought it was a temporary thing, but it lasted for four years. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, so I told them, I said, finally, you got to, you got to get a preacher, you know, <laughs> you, gotta, you know, I can't keep doing this, but, but talking about helping you one night down at Campbellsville church, a man said, uh, Hey, we got to go visit somebody. And I said, uh, okay. Uh, he said, let's plan on it. So I said, okay, we'll, we'll go visit him. So after services, it was dark and, I got in the car and he got in, in the truck and I followed him and then his, uh, his child and her husband was behind me and I thought, boy, we're taking a lot of people to this guy's home to talk to him. And I thought we were, we were going to evangelize him, but uh, it didn't happen. I, I pulled up to this place and walked in and what this guy had done is he had had a uh, cow slaughtered and gave me all the meat from that cow. Wow. You know, and so even though you, you don't make a lot of money, mm -hmm. you know, 
the Lord provides and cares. He always does. You know, and and uh, that, uh, again, you know, Lord, just lead me. Give me any responsibility, sever any tie, and I'll do your will. And and he, he blessed you in that way. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I have a good wife. Uh, we've been... Uh, we married on May the 29th, 1966, and, and uh, uh, we've been going for the Lord, uh, working for Him. She's, she's in the nursery working and, and does it, and she's a, I won't say she's the perfect minister's wife, but I couldn't ask for any better woman, because yeah. if, if somebody has a problem or something, and they say, well, what did Brother Ron believe about this? She'd say, you talk to Brother Ron. And, and she doesn't get involved in, in that type of thing in the church. You know, right. she's, she, she doesn't stand out like that and try to uh, rule in any way. So she's just a minister's wife that ministers to people. Right. Well, have you always ministered in Kentucky? Yes. So where are the places that you, that you served? Uh, Going back from when you uh, graduated, or were you serving as you were well, as you were going to school? You know, I started out about seventeen <laughs> years of age. <coughs> That's I, a, yeah. I'd preach. Uh, uh, I'd preach at churches that didn't have a, a preacher uh, and minister that way. I preached when I was real young in, in high school. I'd, I'd preach in youth rallies and, mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Uh, and then at my home church, uh, two great men that were instrumental in leading me into the ministry was Lanny Amy and Brother Joe Robert. And Lanny lived next door to us. He was our first full-time preacher on the field. He lived next door to us. And I go up and visit him all the time. And he'd take me uh, ministering to people and he'd take me to the hospital and he'd take me uh, when we would evangelize in the church. They would... Uh, they would, uh, whenever we had revivals, they would invite me to go as a young man. Uh, they would invite me for the dinners that they would have for the preacher at their house at night. That's the key to it, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. So he, uh, he, he taught me in that part of the ministry in, in Bible training, uh, uh, Bible knowledge, uh, sermons. Uh, you know, he, he told me one time, he said, now, now he was Ronnie. That's what he called me. He said, "Ronnie, I won't tell you. Here's a, here's the way you do it. You tell them what you're going to tell them. You tell them, and then you tell them what you told them." And then <laughs> he said, "That's the way you prepare a sermon. And if you looked at the sermons, you know, like they say, you give the introduction, uh, mm-hmm. maybe three point sermon or what have you, right. and then the conclusion." You, you tell them what you're going to tell them in the introduction. You know, you, you tell them. It's the sermon. And then you t- conclusion, tell them what you told them. And, uh, you know, and always, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you end with the gospel plan of salvation. Absolutely. And, and I Absolutely. Do. Yes, I know you do. And, yeah. I, I, and not all do that. No, you know? no. And, and, uh, yeah. we, we've actually held revivals where people have said we've not heard a gospel invitation in in years and yeah. I just think well what what in the world do you hear yeah. and I and you've probably heard this too we've had preachers tell us well I know my people I don't need to give an invitation 
And I always say, you don't know your people. And if you believe the Bible, you believe that when you're preaching, that lives are being changed, that, that, that the word is getting to their hearts. And we must not believe what we preach if we don't offer somebody an opportunity to make a decision about Amen. it. That, and that's just my take on it. I'm, I'm I, I sorry agree. to interrupt there. I, I remember in, in one revival, uh, this guy walked down the aisle and uh, so I took his confession of faith. Uh, the, the preacher didn't, but I took the confession of faith and I said, uh, what's your, uh, what are you going to do? And he said, I want to be baptized. I said, okay. Uh, and I, I, before we talked to the people, he said, uh, I said, I, I thought you were an officer in the church. And he said, I am. And I said, you haven't been baptized? And he said, no, I sprinkled. And I thought, my land. Mm. So that's that's why you give an invitation. Right. You know? it, because maybe the preacher doesn't know everybody's condition, you know, and, and that's why you should share the gospel uh, invitation. I, I appreciate what you said last night about uh, preaching Jesus in the blood. Because right. if you don't do that, then uh, it's where we reach the the blood of Christ is in our baptism. And, mm -hmm. and, Romans uh, 6. And without the shedding of blood, there's no remission of sins. I truly believe that. And I think many people think that we don't, we don't believe in the blood because we preach baptism. But I say we believe in it all the more because the one place in the Bible that tells us that we contact the death, which is where the blood was shed, was was in baptism. That's right. In Romans 6. But I, to take on what you said, I, I gave an invitation one Sunday night and ended up baptizing one of my deacons. Yeah. And now he had been immersed... But he said he grew up, his father was a denominational preacher, and he said, what you said tonight, I don't really believe that I understood or knew or even was baptized for what the Bible says I'm baptized for. So he said, I'd like you to baptize me. I'd like the way you see and, and had I not given that invitation, I don't believe he would have made that decision. That's true. You, you were talking about uh, my ministry. Uh, I preached as a young person in different places. Then, uh, when I started Louisville Bible College, uh, Walnut Grove uh, Christian Church in Salem, Indiana, I started there, and I preached there for a year. Uh, we would go down, uh, I was dating uh, my, present, my wife, and at that time, my girlfriend, she'd go with me uh, to revivals and, and, and we talk about the ministry and all before we married. But before we married, we go down, I'd go up to her house, pick her up early on Sunday morning, and we go down to the Ohio River to cross, they didn't have a bridge there, to cross on a ferry mm -hmm. to the other side of Indiana and go up to Salem, Indiana. Now, if it was foggy, we'd try to wait till the fog and we knew what time the fog to live. And right. if it didn't, the ferry didn't run. So oh. we'd have to go back to Louisville and go cross the bridge oh. there and go to Salem, Indiana. And uh, that was, uh, that's what, that's where it was at first at, at uh, Long Grove Christian Church. Then uh, my dad, who was a mechanic, as I said, at Fort Knox, 
he worked with a guy at the Van Grove Christian Church who said they were looking for a minister. And he was one of the officers in a church. So my dad told him, you know, that he had a son that was in the ministry. And he said, well, tell him to come over uh, and visit with us. And let's set up for the Sunday. So I did. And so they hired me at the Van Grove Christian Church, which is about three miles from here. Now, how old were you then? Um, about 18. 18. 17, 18, yeah. I spent 18 years there. 18? Eight, started at 18, 18 years old, spent 18 years. Yeah. So when you finished, you'd spend half your life as minister of that church. Yeah, and, wow. and, and had a good ministry there. We uh, had a good building program. Uh, I helped through the Lord's work to, to build the church. We had people coming from different areas to, to visit the church and become members and serve the Lord there. Then, in 1982, uh, we started the North Harden Christian Church here in this area of Radcliffe. And uh, the Lord has, has blessed us. We, uh, when we started, a uh, lady said, here, let me give you some property. So she gave us some property here. Uh, we built a building. We didn't finish the upstairs. We worshipped in the basement, but we had the shell mm-hmm. of the building built with a with a baptistry <laughs> here, <laughs> and also uh, a steeple on it. And, and uh, wasn't very long before we paid that off. And so then we started saving money to uh, finish the upstairs, and so we contracted with the uh, Elizabethtown Community College at that time, vocational school, and they brought their electricians up here, they brought their plumbers up here, uh, some of their uh, carpenters up here, and they did work for us, and it only cost us $5, $5 to do that. We paid for the material, but all the work, they did $5. Wow. Yeah. So. The Lord blessed us that way. And then, uh, being in a military area, that's why I've stayed in this area. I love ministering to the military. Right. Because uh, it seems like they're away from home. They're kind of forgotten, you know, their family. And, and so we try to get them, be a home church for them, mm-hmm. minister to them, uh, help them with their, And that has really helped us reach out and spread the gospel ourselves uh, because of our ministry to the to the military. Like, for instance, one man and his wife went to Okinawa. There wasn't a church there. They started a home church over there in Okinawa. In, in another example, one man went to uh, St. Louis uh, Christian College and, and then uh, went up to Paris, Illinois and uh, became active in a church there, and then I, I held a few revivals in Paris, Illinois, and Pearl, Illinois, uh, in that area. And, and so uh, we were able to reach out and, and teach the gospel to, to others because of our ministry here. Uh, we convert them here. Uh, we have a man right now uh, down in Georgia who is active in a church, and, and they were small, and He's helping them out. Uh, so uh, 
the Lord has blessed us in that area. And we we used to be the home of Varner. The arm uh, of, of of the yeah, uh, tanks. right tanks. And, yeah. yeah, right. This and they moved armor to Georgia, and now we have the Human Resource Center here where all the information of the United States Army comes to Fort Knox. And, and uh, so it's a, it's, it's a great ministry, ministering to the military and their families because they really need it, yeah, especially the families whenever their uh, husband or wife is away serving in a, in a foreign country or somewhere. Right. You know, and, and so they need ministering. They need help. Like we have a lady right now whose husband just uh, shipped overseas, so we're she's having a hard time, her and her two children. So we're, we minister to them, take them out and eat, take them food, you know, help them out in whatever way we can. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a joyful work. Uh, ministering to the military and that it, in the Vietnam War when I was uh, ministering in Vine Grove uh, I would go over to the Army Ireland Hospital and minister to those soldiers who were wounded during that right. war so. so you've always enjoyed doing that and it, not only that when you convert someone who's in the armed services and they go somewhere else it's scattering the disciples Amen. putting the seeds out other places and that's what we that's what we encourage. If, you know, if you if you go into an area and you don't find a New Testament church, you start one. You know, uh, you don't have to have a preacher come in and do it. Start one. Right. And uh, the, we've always in our Sunday school class made sure that our teachers uh, were teachers of the truth, taught the Bible, and and. A lot of these soldiers that would come in have helped us with our youth, and and uh, they got we got them active in in the work of the church, and then they go somewhere else, and they don't have that, so they encourage them, you know, to, they they encourage others to come, and they start a Bible study or worship, and uh, it's a great ministry. I love it. So let's put the math to it. How many years have you been here with? Uh, the North Harden Church. Well, I was 18 years at Bangrove Christian Church and 40, I, I counted up last night, 40 years here. <laughs> 40 years yeah. here. And and this property... Almost, almost 60 years in ministry. Wow. That's almost 60 uh, years. Uh, I'm, I'm pushing, uh, I'm getting close to 50 in, in the ministry. Now this property we pulled up here, we, and Beth and I had driven by here before through the years and and uh, big looks like a big piece of property and a beautiful, beautiful area. And we uh, we are located at the half point in Rankin. Like I say, the lady gave us uh, uh, two acres here to start on. Mm-hmm. All this was wooded area, every bit of it. Right. And then uh, they dozed it off and built the building, and and uh, then later on going back to ministering to people, there was a family by the name of Shybeck, Dave and Jen Shybeck, and they had, there's a piece of property back behind us here that they had purchased, and they were going to uh, minister to the military, kind of have uh, retreats for them and what have you. But then 
they had to move to Washington State. Well, Dave contacted me, and he said, go on. said, uh, you know, we're not coming back to Kentucky, and that property that we bought, uh, would y'all like to buy it from? I said, well, according to Dave, how much you want for it? He said, well, I'll let you have it for what I paid for it. I said, I'll talk to the men. So we purchased that piece of property. Uh, it, there's six acres back here. Okay. And we, we purchased that piece of property, and that's where we built our playground and, and cleared it off for uh, kids to have activities there. Mm -hmm. Well, <clears throat> then the church, when they started building because they thought Fort Knox was going to explode uh, and, and advance and grow in numbers, uh, a group started the subdivision down here. They leveled the area, and uh, you, you see all the new houses there. Mm -hmm. Well, they had a hard time uh, keeping that going, uh, so they auctioned off a lot of the lots. Well, a builder, he, he bought the first 10 lots they auctioned off. I went to him and I said, uh, you want any more of these lots that they're going to sell? And he said, no. He said, I think I'm done. I said, well, I think we're going to bid on some of them. So we bid on 10 lots. Now, they, the lots sold for $30,000 $30, a lot. Wow. Okay. We bought 10 lots for 62000 Wow. And so we own 10 lots in this subdivision. Not only that, but we have purchased three other lots in the subdivision. So we uh, we have quite a few acres around here that uh, around us that we can advance and do things. In addition to that, I bought uh, six acres behind our acres here, and so we go back to the reservation. And then I bought fifteen acres. Uh, oh not that I have a lot of money, right. but but the Lord has has blessed me and and uh, giving me the opportunity to, and so I did that because I wanted the church to be able to use it if they needed it. Right. Because at that time we couldn't afford it. So uh, Lord's blessed. Wow. And, I, and, and I'm thankful. Uh, you know, and I, I believe it's because I'm committed to it. My wife and I, we have two children, uh, both those children are in the church. They're in the church here. They oh. live in the area. My, one of my children, the youngest one, lives next door to oh. us. She's the city clerk here in Rackley. Oh, that's nice. Yes. Yeah. And then the other, uh, my oldest child, Sarah, she lives two blocks over from us. And, and I bought their house at uh, auction for them. And, mm -hmm. and so they're paying it off. Uh, you know the Lord. The Lord is blessed. She's a school teacher. <coughs> uh, her her husband is a city clerk down in uh, Hardinsburg. Uh, my youngest daughter is city clerk here in Radcliffe. So I'm probably the only man in the state of Kentucky's got <laughs> two children and city clerks. You know, but the Lord's blessed us. He, uh, my other son-in-law is a captain of the. Uh, or the police over here at Fort Knox in the Department of Defense. Okay. So, yeah. So, I'll, and then I have uh, eight grandchildren. Every one of them are active in the church. Uh, 
Amen. Very committed. And, uh, you know, it's, the Lord is just blessed, and I thank him for it. And it's been nice that you've been able to stay here and your children around you. Yeah. And all of them serving the Lord in various ways. Amen. But when we started this program today, I, I, I was questioning, do I call you senior minister? Because I know you really are the minister, but in, in, in one way you're not what we call the common um, or the everyday senior minister, what you think of a senior minister in church who preaches, because you're not the preaching minister here anymore. Is that no, correct? Correct. We hired a young man. He was here at one time. He left and went to another church, and I think he had two other churches, and he called us one time and said, uh, I'd like to come back. And of course, he, he left on good terms, and, right. and uh, uh, he was at other churches. I guess he saw how good we had it here and how he, we operated, and uh, so we have a good ministry together. He does most of the preaching. Mm -hmm. uh, teaches a Sunday school class. Ben's uh, been recently got married. He's been married about a year and uh, he's doing good work and uh, he's, he's sound in the faith uh, and, and we get along good. Uh, you know, I, I'm not his boss. He reports to me, but I'm not his boss. I, I just, because uh, he does the work. Right. And, uh, and, we, and, and the people love him. Uh, and, and they minister to us uh, in, in great ways. They like our pre preacher appreciation, or they say pastor appreciation, but our, our church uh, in October, they, uh, they gave us gifts. Mm -hmm. uh, different individuals gave us uh, food and pads and cakes and, mm -hmm. and gift cards, and, and so you, you appreciate that. Right. You know, and... Like one time, some years back, uh, I was preaching and I mentioned, like, I'd like to hear Celine Dion in person one time. But I said, she's not uh, traveling at that time she wasn't. I, I, and so uh, one time on my birthday, uh, the congregation had gathered some money to send my wife and I to Las Vegas, of all places, <laughs> to hear Celine Dion, yeah. and they they uh, so they paid her way, and uh, and uh, uh, we stayed in a nice place over there, Caesar's Palace, and and uh, it was it was a great experience, and and we appreciate that. Not all not all ministers can say that they they've had a good relationship with their church. That's know? the truth, but. Sure is. But we have good people, and uh, maybe something will crop up, but not very often. Because I, in the ministry, I've learned if if you have difficulty, you have a problem, take care of it, deal with it. Mm -hmm. You know, don't don't let it fester, and and create more problems. You deal with it. Right. That's what we do. You know, I one man was at one time was uh, wondering about the material we use, Sunday school material. So I talked to him and, and told him why what, the purpose of this material was good. Uh, and, and so it settled that problem, you know, and, and that's what you do. You deal with it. Uh, it doesn't always seem, it, it, you can worry about it and worry about it. But one way or another, you're going to have to deal with it. That's right. And if, the longer it, it waits, it can be a real problem. And, and preachers, <clears throat> 
preachers can be a problem too, you know. In, oh yes, in congregation. Absolutely. You, you got to love people, you know. And I learned that from, you know, my mom and dad, and their work in the church. I learned that from one of these ministers, Joe Rollins. He he was uh, he was a great guy. He he loved youth. He you know he asked me to preach different times when I was young, still in high school, mm -hmm. but. Uh, I, I worked and prepared a sermon. I thought about 20 minutes lasted seven. <laughs> but that's <laughs> my first. I'll never forget that. Same length of my first sermon, yeah. seven minutes. <laughs> it, uh, uh, I guess some people might hope, wish that I preached seven minutes more. Oh. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, but it, it uh, <coughs> but I've enjoyed the ministry. Uh, the Lord's blessed me. Don't know how much longer I have. I've dealt with uh, health issues as well in the ministry and the churches has helped me along the way, you know, gotten someone to come in and uh, minister. You know, I've had uh, two TIA strokes. Uh, I've no, had, I didn't uh, know I've that. had Bell's palsy twice. Uh, uh, I had rheumatic fever. And, and when I worked at the White Mills Christian Camp as a Camp Dean, which is our local camp, beautiful place, um, when I when I was there, I caught rheumatic fever. Uh, went to into the hospital. Uh, they didn't know whether I was going to live or not. Really? <clears throat> yeah. But I got to thinking while I was in the hospital. At that time, I was very active in community. I was president of the JCs, uh, in the Lions Club, uh, in the Chamber of Commerce, uh, traveled uh, for the Army to, to different places to see how. Uh, so I finally realized that I was involved in all this too much, mm -hmm. that I needed to devote more time to the Lord's work. Right to get back to, you know, send send me anywhere. Only go with me. You know, give me your inner responsibility, except that which binds my life to your will. And and so I learned to sever that tie. Right. I'm still active in the community, but but Lord, His work is first. And I didn't really realize that until I got to thinking when I was in the hospital about what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. You know about, and when you're when you're facing death, you know you you really think about your life and, and yes, you reevaluate. Re so I, uh, it was uh, I almost died, came within a day of dying. The doctor told me of pneumonia in, in 2000, and I spent eight days in the hospital, and uh, seven at once and one one other day, and I couldn't. Really couldn't move, couldn't do anything. I just laid there on my back. And it, it caused me to evaluate a whole lot of things about ministry and, and family. And and uh, if you can say it, it was a good time for me. It was a good yeah. time. Uh, and sometimes God gives us that. If we don't take a break, preacher, and you know this, yeah. I, I have a feeling you're a bit of a workaholic like I am, that God will give you a break. Yeah. He'll, he'll figure Absolutely. out a way to, to slow you down so you can think things through. Yeah. Well, you, go ahead. And I guess in one of the things I always like to do in the ministry, I like poems. 
I, I do too. I, and I like to quote poems and, you know, uh, the old violin. Uh, I met the master face to face. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and a lot of times in revivals, I'll, I'll quote poems and maybe end with a, uh, a poem. Uh, I met the master face to face. I, I use that a lot in, in funeral sermons, especially with families that don't know the Lord. Mm -hmm. And then I can reach them uh, through that poem. And it's helped uh, a great deal because they've told me, you know, they didn't realize that. They didn't think about that and thought about their life in Christ. They're, are, uh, you know, at, so I, I like to use poems. I like, use poetry a lot in, yeah. in funerals. And yeah. I, I do in revivals and preaching uh, from time, not as much as I used to, yeah. but the old violin has always been one of my favorites. Yeah. And, and the bridge builder. Yeah. If you remember that one, yeah. uh, in fact, I think I used that just a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. In revival, uh, tremendous, uh, and, and the Hellbound Train is a good one. I don't know if you ever yeah. heard that one. Or no, not. but I. Oh, I'll, I'll good. send it to you. Good. <laughs> I'll send it to I, you. I can't remember like I used to, but I. Uh, uh, in fact, the other day, my uh, grandson, uh, who's going into the Navy, he said, uh, "Papa, what's that uh, poem about evangelize?" And uh, he said, I'd like to memorize that. So I sent it to him, you know, the one that says, give us a watchword for the hour, a thrilling word, a word of power, a battle cry, a flaming breath that calls to conquest or to death, a word to rouse the church from rest, to heed the master's high behest, a cause given you hopes to rise, evangelize, evangelize. To dying men, a fallen race, make known the gift of gospel grace, the world that now in darkness lies, evangelize, evangelize. Oh, and so, that is a good one. Yeah, I love it. You're going to send that one to me, I, I hope. <laughs> uh, okay. So he, he called me up one day and he said, hey, Peppa, listen to this. So he had memorized, uh, you know, and he's just a senior in high school. So, uh, you know. That's wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. My, my grandfather used to tell me, memorize all the time. He had all these poems uh, I remember my wife talked to him about the poem that she always loved in Flanders Field for Poppy's Grove. Yeah. He'd never heard that one. And he said, well, tell it to me. It's one she had memorized. And he said, tell it to me again. And she told it to him, I think, two times, and he had it memorized. Yeah. He would just have that yeah. kind of a mind. Yeah. And, and I use that here because we have, well, uh, was it last Sunday? We honored the veterans. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That would be a great poem for yeah. that. So we... Uh, and that's why I like to minister to the military area because mm -hmm. you can, you know, you got these fellows that, uh, uh, you know, have served our country, men and women, and, and uh, it, it's just a great opportunity to minister to them. We, we need to minister to them while they're alive and not forget them when they're gone. Yeah. Uh, in, in, in 2020, they were saying in some states you can't have Memorial Day services and, I was doing a revival over Memorial Weekend in Pennsylvania, and they'd made a real strong statement, no, no Memorial Day services, you can't go to the cemeteries and all that. And the church there said, would you be willing to have a jail ministry to me? And I said, well, I've, I've had one in the past. They said, no, would you be willing to go to jail? I said, well, what do you mean? They said, we're going to have the Memorial Day service that we've always had at West Alexander, and uh, we'd like you to speak tomorrow. And I said, well, absolutely. 
And I tell people what impressed me the most was they normally had about 300. They told me they had a, close to 100 that day, maybe 50 to 100. Uh, but we had, we had a dozen to, two, to 20 teenagers. And I thought, had they canceled that, what would that have said to those teenagers? And, and we talked about the memorial stones of, of Israel and how these stones are memorials and we need to not forget them. And uh, we had a 21-gun salute. And uh, it, was, it was a wonderful time. And the people said, no, we will not forget we have freedom of speech. We have freedom of religion. We have freedom of Amen. assembly. And uh, and I used all those points. In a very short sermon, they wanted to kind of shorten it down, you know, because of what was going on. People were still a little unsure about health reasons and all. But uh, I wanted to ask you, <clears throat> uh, you've been in ministry now, you said, uh, going on 60 years. Yes. Um, a question I like to ask when I get, when I get an opportunity, and I, I see I've got, I've got an opportunity right now, uh, what, in your opinion, is uh, the uh, greatest uh, challenge for uh, the ministry, the Lord's Church, or individual Christians going forward from today? I mean, you've seen so many changes in ministry over the years. Mm -hmm. Because there's so much for people to do, so many opportunities. Back back in our home church, Macedonia Christian Church in Battletown, you know, people, the church was the center light. Yes. It's not the center anymore. You know, there's so much for them to do. Uh, you, you have a lot of people who are committed, uh, or who are in the church, but they're more committed maybe to the club or the organization that they belong to than they are the church. Mm -hmm. they're, they're more committed to doing other things than they are. Uh, it, it's not a, like in revivals, it's not as easy to get people uh, no. to, to come to revival as, as it once did. You know, I've, I've held revivals where we had packed houses and, and had to bring in chairs and people standing right. out outside, but not anymore, yeah. you know. So uh, getting people committed to the Lord, surrendered to the Lord, to, as you talked about, to become real priest right. in, in the royal priesthood, mm -hmm. you know, that, uh, that, that's a challenge. And, uh, and, and to get preachers to committed to preach the word, the whole truth. Right. Uh, and because if you if you use things to get them to come to church, if somebody church down the road does it better, they're going there. So right. you've got to get them converted to Christ, preach the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth, and get them committed. So uh, that's one of the changes I've seen in the ministry. And, and my thing is, it, it's problem. I know we we are to preach the word and we're to to uh, share the truth and but we got also in, in this sense. And I hope people understand this. We got to be as ministers, also pastors to people, right? And 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 go to them and love them and care for them and not just say, "Well, my job is to preach." So I'm. We look at a job description rather than yeah. a, a life, yeah. a lifestyle. So it, 
it uh, sometimes it's not how much you know, it's how much you care. That's right. If people know you care for them, love them, uh, they can see that, that by their life and example. And uh, that's by word and deed, I want to be true to the gospel. Right. Well, we, we find that, that uh, everybody nowadays wants to specialize in something. Yes. And so someone says, I'm, I'm specialized just in preaching or I'm, or I'm, I'm, I'm just going to do this. We, we, have to, we have to find a way to, do, uh, to minister in, in various ways. We can't just say, well, this is, just, this is all I do. We're Christians. As preachers, we're not just preachers. We're Christians. And we, as we tell other people, then you, as a Christian, you evangelize. As a Christian, you pastor people. You, yeah. you minister to them. And yeah. we need to do the same. That's right. Yeah. It, uh, we had a, I know we're not done with time, but we had a lady in the church that was a great lady, uh, young, uh, preached the gospel, or taught the gospel to her Sunday school class. The teenagers loved her. And she suddenly passed away not too long ago, just suddenly. And the church was shocked, and uh, and we miss her so much. When we say, saying, I'll fly away with you, I looked at Ben and I said, who do you think of? And he said, Sheila. And I said, yeah. Ben was talking about her last night yeah. after the revival yeah. to me. Yeah. And, and so uh, so we, we were wondering who's going to take that Sunday school class and, and lead those teenagers. And so uh, I said, I'll do it for a while, you know. So that has been a great help to me. I hope it has to those young people. Our class is growing. Uh, but it's been a great help to me as an old man yeah. to be able to teach the teenagers and them come and enjoy it. Uh, uh, we took off uh, Sunday ago and went down to McDonald's during the Sunday school hour and I bought them breakfast and, yeah. and ministered to them in that way and they loved it, you know. <laughs> so we had a larger class this past <laughs> So anyway... Uh, but I thank you for this opportunity to share my life and hope oh, it's been great for me hope, Ron. Hope it, that helps. Uh, it, it's been wonderful for me I, I've always wanted to sit and visit with you but it, we just see it you know for a little while at the services and I, I, I said this is going to be my chance right now and, and uh, I'm glad you asked me I, I really am well uh, I look forward to seeing you Lord willing at future revivals and uh, up here and and uh, I want to thank you for your service uh, to the Lord, for the Lord, and to the military, too. We're always thanking them for their service. We need to thank those who serve them as well. And that's, right. uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, I would say again to our listeners, if this uh, podcast today has been an encouragement to you, I hope that you'll share it with your friends and co-workers in Christ. And until next time, this is Evangelist Tom Weaver saying goodbye and may God pour down his blessings on you like a Mississippi rain.